the Bill Michael Show, and it's good to have you on board today. Good to have you on board today. Time to talk a little bit about the rest of the NFL and power rankings and such, and uh, and just kind of who's on the rise, who's on the fall, and the reasons as to why, I think, more so than anything. And then we have to look at our, our tempered expectations at this point. So uh, let's do this as we roll through the uh, the 32 teams that make up the NFL. Carolina staying right where they're at. Uh, they're at uh, number 32. Detroit has fallen six spaces to 31, even though they didn't play this weekend. They just don't have much going for them. Chicago also sitting right there at 30. Jacksonville falling six spaces to number 29. Uh, you got Houston, Washington at 27. Denver continues to descend, falling eight spots down to 26th. The uh, Las Vegas Raiders have fallen five spaces. They're now at number 25. Pittsburgh, with a little bit of a, uh, oh, my God, excuse me, win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, goes to 24. They go up three spaces. Arizona, a team that really thought this was it. They signed Kyler Murray, kept him happy. He hasn't been able to do anything. Arizona Cardinals fall six spaces to number 23. Uh, Just when you start to believe in them a little bit, they get spanked. And that is the Cleveland Browns. They fall five spaces down to number 22. Uh, excuse me, three spaces down to number 22. Seattle got a win. I, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Pete Carroll. But he's at least getting something more than what we thought they'd get out of that team. Seattle goes up four spaces to number 21. Now the top 20. Atlanta up four. How is Atlanta doing it? Ben, how is Atlanta getting wins? I said they'd be frisky. The, I, I don't have an answer. Atlanta getting wins. I, I, I don't either, but they knocked off the 49ers. Art now, Smith. I thought the 49ers, right? I, I thought the 49ers would go in there and get a win. It wouldn't be any kind of a big deal. They got beat the week prior. But after losing the first two games of the season, they're 3-1. and one. They beat the Seahawks and the Browns, sure. They played it tight with the Rams, played it real tight, only a one-point loss to the Saints. They're figuring out how to win. Now they get they they got to go to Cincinnati this weekend. I don't think they win there, but they're pesky, man. Atlanta up four spaces to number twenty. That New has, Orleans that has to go be ahead. the most slept on coaching job this season, right? Right, you would figure. Absolutely, man. I it just Atlanta's just kind of very quietly getting it done. I give them all the credit in the world, and they get rid of their their quarterback, uh, Arthur Smith, doing a hell of a job. Who you had started to mention. But, uh, you know, I, I t- Dean Pease, nobody heard of him, the defensive coordinator, and they're playing guys tough. And they're doing it with Marcus Mariota. So, yeah, give them all the credit. Uh, down three spaces, New Orleans. The Saints go to number 19. Up 10 spots. I continue to be impressed, and I just don't know where to put them. But, and I kind of forget about them when I start writing things out. But Frank Reich and company, I, I never know what to believe. Jonathan Taylor obviously not running the football right now. He's out. He's been banged up. But Matt Ryan and getting it done with Michael Pittman and, you know, Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. And every now and then they'll win and then they'll lose a game they shouldn't have. But they're at number 18. They're up 10 spots. Uh, The Rams fall four more spots as the defending champions going from number one all the way down to number 17. The Rams fall number uh, four spots to uh, number 17. Miami also falling four spaces uh, down to number 16. Baltimore falls 10 spaces. They lose again. They're down to number 15. 
Baltimore is somewhat of an enigma at this point. I, I think we can all look at Baltimore and go, you know what? Good team, but the defense is finally playing pretty well, but the offense just didn't do enough in the loss to the Giants. They're a tough team to kind of figure out right now. I got Baltimore sitting at number 15. Then falling five spaces is the Green Bay Packers. They have a lot of issues. And Aaron Rodgers is also one of them right now. They cannot score, and the defense can't stop the run to save their life. So I got the Packers falling five spots out of the top ten to number 14. San Francisco falls nine spots. They go to Atlanta, and I a bad showing against the Falcons. Schedule was tough with two straight games in the Eastern time zone, but they're better than that, and they fall nine spots out of the top ten to number 13. Up ten spots as they continue to amaze. Up ten spots. I have got the uh, New England Patriots. New England just impressing the hell out of me. I like the Patriots. Bailey Zappi getting it done. Falling six spaces out of the top ten, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers just haven't looked right this season. Sitting at 3-3, three and three, they're showing a lot of their flaws, and nobody knows when that's going to turn around. I had mentioned the Chargers earlier. They climb into the top ten, up four spaces. The Chargers with a win last night via their kicker, but very quietly they're 4-2. and two. That's the Chargers. Meanwhile, Tennessee coming off their bye with a real chance to take a hold of the AFC South if they can knock off the Colts. They beat them a few weeks ago, so it would give them a big advantage. Tennessee, just by default, coming up a couple of spaces to number nine. Dallas falls a couple of spaces, falls two spots down to number eight, and they're going to be getting Dak Prescott back. Could it change this team in a big way? Cooper Rush, he was good, but he's not Dak Prescott. They're sitting at four and two. The New York Jets, can you believe they're four and two? And winning at Green Bay up the largest amount of up. I under, I've been underestimating them. I'm not going to do it anymore. Up 14 spaces into the top 10. The New York Jets go from 21 to number 7 in the top 10. Then there's the Cincinnati Bengals. Can't figure them out. They really should probably be behind the Jets, but I don't have them there. At 3-3, three and three, they played four games on the road. Now the schedule gets a little bit softer here in the next month. The offense began to come alive against the Saints, albeit late in the ballgame. They get a come-from-behind win. Maybe that begins to propel them. That's my team sitting there at number six. Um, I look at some of these rankings, and I can't put the Vikings as high as number three or number four. I have them at number five, up two spaces. At five and one, they lead the NFC North. They've got to be considered a favorite in the division now. Not always pretty, but they're finding ways to win. And so they go up a couple of spots to number five. Another team, another New York team, jumping double digits. Up 11 at number four, the New York Giants. Break them up. They're 5-1. Five 5-1. and, one. Five and one. Defense came up big against the Ravens, and that's a good win. 5-1 and one against the Ravens, up 11 sp- spots to number four, and uh, that's where the New York Giants. Uh, the 3-2-1, they've stayed exactly the same. Exactly the same. Kansas City. No shame in losing to the Buffalo Bills. They might be heading out on the road now in the postseason for a big game, but the defense, they did limit the Bills to 24 points. It's a good sign going forward. They played pretty well, just didn't have enough in the tank. Number two, the Buffalo Bills. Going to Kansas City and winning, that's big for down the road come playoff time. Von Miller made a big difference, which is why they paid the man, no doubt. 
and the number one team, they are undefeated. Uh, one area they got to fix a little bit is that run defense. Other than that, they're giving up five yards per rush, which is not a good thing, but they're still winning and they're undefeated. That is the Philadelphia Eagles. So Philadelphia, Buffalo, Kansas City, New York, Minnesota, Cincinnati, the Jets, the Cowboys, the Titans, and then the Chargers. That's the top ten in the power rankings. Any argument there, Ben? I would put the Bills one. Like, yeah, you think so? I'm an Eagles fan, but I, they're good. It's a really good football team. But still, if I had to project forward, if they played on a neutral field in Arizona in February, who do I think is a better team right now? I'd probably take the Bills in that matchup. The mm-hmm. Eagles are playing well, and they've beaten good teams, and they've taken care of business. They have a problem in the second half of ball games, especially offensively. And I don't know. They haven't put it all together yet. I, I still take Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts. So I'd put the Bills one, and I'd probably flip the Giants and Dallas. I buy in okay. more to the Cowboys than I do the Giants. Gotcha. Okay. I'm, I I want to see how they are when Dak Prescott comes back. The only I, game Dak's played this year so far, early on in the game he got hurt, I get that, but uh, they lost. Yeah, how he looks especially because his career without Amari Cooper is night and day yeah. between that with him. Right. So there you have it. By the way, Russell Wilson getting an MRI on his hamstring today. They say this could be, quote, fairly significant as far as the injury goes. So we'll wait and see what uh, what Russell Wilson ends up coming out uh, of that MRI with. But there you go. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Now, let's talk about some of these teams in the NFL that – Maybe we didn't have a lot of belief in in the beginning, and now maybe we do. Are they real or are they pretenders? The New York Jets, 4-2, and two, just whooped up that defensive front, beating up the Green Bay Packers. They're plus 15 in scoring. They've won three straight. Uh, they're ahead in the division, obviously, of the Dolphins and the Patriots who are nipping at their heels. Uh, ben, are the New York Jets real or are, are they pretenders? They're pretenders. When you look through, not all four and two records are created equal. Their wins so far, it was against the Browns in that weird comeback with the onside kick. The Browns choked away that game. And then they beat the Dolphins when uh, Bridgewater got a concussion and they couldn't get anything mm-hmm. going with Skylar Thompson. And that was a closer game. And they beat the Steelers, uh, who have been struggling and are very injured. I, they're better than the Jets have been. Like They're a real football team, but... They pretend. Then you've got uh, the Miami Dolphins sitting at three and three. They were picked to play extremely well and possibly be a contender for the division. They beat the Patriots quite handily. They got into that shootout with the Ravens in Baltimore and won that game. They beat the Bills at home 21-19. Since then, and two has gone down, they have lost three straight. And they got dump trucked by the Jets beaten by eight by the Vikings, knocked off by Cincinnati 27-15. I don't know what to make of them, but are the Dolphins for real at all? I think they are. I think the Dolphins, are, I, I think the Dolphins right now, uh, with Tua back and clicking on all cylinders, I think they're real. I just don't know if they're, to me, they're going to be chasing a wild card. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I'm there as well. When Tua comes back, they're dangerous. Like, we've seen them score at will against mm-hmm. anybody. I go back to the Ravens game when Ravens were up big, dominating the game. And then suddenly, in the fourth quarter, Tua goes for 204. They're scoring 80-yard touchdowns with Waddle and Hill. Uh, they're scary. So they'll sneak their yep. way in. That's one of those, like, they win a playoff game, and then the next year is when you really believe. Do the Patriots find their way into the postseason after now winning two straight? They beat the Lions. They blanked the Lions, and then they beat up on the Browns this past weekend. They lost to the Packers by three. The Ravens uh, got past them by 11. They beat a bad Steelers team, and they lost to the Dolphins handily. I don't, for as much excitement as there is in Patriot land, maybe more so for uh, you know Robert Kraft's wedding, but I don't think the Patriots are ready to fly yet. I think the Patriots are going to be on the outside looking in come playoff time. Just my thought. Um, you got the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Both have underachieved, both sitting at 3-3, three and three, uh, albeit the, the Bengals have a little bit better scoring prowess. Uh, but their offensive line is still somewhat of a question mark. Uh, but Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and company, they're starting to find their rhythm again, so look out. Look out. Don't believe in Cleveland. Don't believe in Pittsburgh. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Of those two teams sitting at 3-2 and two in that division, is it Indy that's going to sneak up on them? Or is it Tennessee that it's still their division to lose? They're so average, both of them. Right. But they'll come out, they'll have some great games, and then the next just lay the biggest egg. I, I don't buy into either, but that division's always weird. One mm-hmm. team is like okay and good, and the record looks great. Then you look through, it's like, oh, they beat up on the Jaguars, they beat up on the Texans, and then they win some close ones against the other. I, I buy into neither of them. Big uh, big game coming up this weekend, as we had mentioned, because they have now played the Colts in back, uh, not back-to-back, but they had the bye this past week. They beat up on the Colts a few weeks ago, 24-17. Then they beat the Commanders. Prior to that, they had a tough one against the Raiders that they won. But should they beat the Colts this weekend, they have a commanding lead via tiebreaker and such in the division. Then after that, they have the Texans, which means they can still get you know continue to win and maybe reel off five straight before they finally face the Chiefs on the road at Arrowhead. But after that, they get the Broncos, the Packers, the Bengals, the Eagles. They don't have an easy stretch, but this is not a tough division to win um, by any stretch. So I would assume Tennessee's going to end up winning this thing before it's all said and done. Then, uh, obviously, we knew the Chiefs were going to be good. The Chargers, we thought, were going to be pretty good, albeit their wins are somewhat sketchy. Uh, They did lose to the Chiefs in a really good game at Arrowhead, 27-24. They got just drilled by the Jaguars at home. They beat the Raiders to open things up. Now they've beaten the Browns and the Broncos, and and they're not scoring the way they should, specifically against the Broncos. But the Broncos' defense, really pretty good overall. But uh, I still think that the Chargers have a legitimate shot at getting themselves into the postseason. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I certainly think that they're going to end up in the postseason. So there you go. Let's do this. Let's break away, and then we'll come back. We'll look at the NFC and the contenders and pretenders when we come back. Stay tuned. A whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got them. You don't want them. You know what I'm talking about? Bed bugs. Roaches, stink bugs, box elder bugs, whatever it happens to be. And uh, I know because I just, uh, just I, I'm sure you probably went through this too uh, last week. And uh, 
when you had uh, the warm weather on the side of the house and whether you had the box elder bugs or the stink bugs or whatever, my neighbor's house was covered in them. And he was, he, you know, I was talking to him and I said, he said, look at this. And it looked like the whole house was black on the one side. And I said, you know what? If you think you have an infestation, you got to get a hold of our friends over at Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros. Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros, they can do it all. They can do it all. Bed bugs, stink bugs, box elder bugs, in and out, whatever it happens to be. Call Michael over there, 414-877-5811, 414-877-5811. Again, 414-877-5811. Uh, whether it's your residential home, maybe a town home. If you've got a multi-unit apartment building, if you're a business owner, condo owner, dorm room owner, hotels, motels, resorts, medical facilities, daycare, not only can they eradicate it, but the best part about it is they can set you up on a maintenance plan so they don't come back or you don't get them to begin with. Because once they're there, phew, good luck with that. But they have safe and effective plans, thermal and chemical plans and options. Kids, no problem. Pets, no problem. They can help you. But you got to call 414-877-5811. That's 414-877-5811. That's our friends over there at Milwaukee Bedbug Pros. Talking about contenders and pretenders and such, and as we sit now six games into the regular season, we are a third of the way through the season at this point and uh, through the NFL season, and some things have been somewhat surprising. Um, I think the fact that Philadelphia is undefeated is, I don't necessarily say surprising, but uh, maybe a tad. But the Giants sitting at 5-1, and one, are the Giants for real? Are they contenders or pretenders? When you look at the Giants and the fact that their only loss has come to the Cowboys uh, at, uh, the, at, at home, it was a 23-16 loss, but they barely beat the Titans. They got over the Titans by a point. Barely beat the Panthers, 19-16. Then they beat by eight a bad Bears team. We all know that. They knocked off the Green Bay Packers in London. A solid win, 24-20 this past weekend against the Ravens. But look at all their wins. They're just barely getting by. Sometimes, though, that's all you need. You're still, I mean, the bottom line is you're still 5-1, and one, you know, as opposed to everybody else. You're barely getting by, but you're 5-1. and one. They don't have that. So look at where maybe their next loss might come from. Jacksonville? Seattle? Maybe. Then they've got the Texans after that, then the Lions before they finally get back to the Cowboys. I mean, if they reel off the next four wins, they're going to be sitting at 9-1 and one by the time they face the Cowboys. And after that, they've got the Commanders, then the Eagles, most likely a loss, then the Commanders again. They face a tough Vikings team, the Colts, and then the Eagles, and that's it. They're, they could end up being a 13-win team by the time it's all said and done. The Giants, I still think the Giants slip and stub their toe somewhere. But are the Giants a contender or a pretender? Ben, how do you feel about the Giants right now? Surprising. I'm with you. The barely squeaking by against bad teams, I thought, was just they're not very good and they're getting lucky somehow or whatever. That win against the Ravens this Sunday is legit, and that's what makes me start to change. Like, right. Their roster still isn't great. They're really well coached and they're disciplined and they're playing well. So I don't know. I think they'll face a tough stretch when Daniel Jones has to win games with his arm, but we'll see how tough the stretch really is or how long it is because he's going to have to win some games, and then you'll see maybe where the shortcomings are. So I I think they could sneak into the playoffs. I'm not all the way in. I look at Dallas. We all believe they're for real. I believe uh, what you said is true. The Giants, uh, when they get tested, we'll wait and see. But those three, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, they're for real. 
The Giants, I believe they're for real. I just have to. I'm more reserved on the on, on the Giants than anything. Uh, the Commanders, we know they're done. The Vikings, five and one, five and one, and we talked about teams that get by. You know, they just blew the doors off of the Packers in Game One. They get beat by the Eagles, and I mean drilled by the Eagles, twenty four seven, in Game Two. They barely hung on to beat the Lions. They barely hung on to beat the Saints. They were going till the very end against the Bears. And they got a decent win this past weekend, but it wasn't a big one by any stretch of the imagination over the over the Dolphins. Now, here comes the U.S. Bank Stadium, the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals are so underperforming, it isn't funny, so I can't imagine they're going to lose that game. Then they have the Washington Commanders the following week on the road before they face the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills and the Cowboys back-to-back is where maybe they stub their toe a little bit. But I, I think just because of the schedule, I think they're going to end up being for real. I And I really think at this point, I thought this weekend was the defining moment in the division. And I thought this weekend, considering they're up by two games right now over the Packers, plus the tiebreaker, in essence three games, I think they won the division this past weekend. I know it's too early to declare, but I don't know if I'd be a, a Wayne Larrabee firing a dagger, but I think that might be almost insurmountable for what we've seen with the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers at this point, if you go by contender or pretender, they're a massive pretender. They are a fraud at this point of what we've seen. I mean, when you look at their wins, and, I, you know, again, I go back to what Paul Charchian tweeted out a couple of weeks ago where he said, look, they get the doors blown off by the Vikings. They beat a bad Bears team. We all know that. Hung on to beat the Buccaneers, which is probably their best signature win of the season. But it was a team that was, you know, without a lot of their wide receivers and their weapons. They barely beat Bailey Zappi. Then they lose in back-to-back games to New York over in London. A ba- in essence, a home game in both the sense of technically it was a home game and, in essence, the crowd heavily, heavily favored for the Green Bay Packers. And they lost that game. And then they lose in embarrassing fashion to the New York Jets this past weekend. You'd probably have to say the Green Bay Packers are, at this point, somewhat fraudulent, I guess might be the best way to put it. Then you go to the NFC South. I... The Buccaneers still, to me, have the most talent. But are, are is Tampa Bay a contender or a pretender, Ben? They're going to contend, but the vibes are just terrible. Where you feel right? like, just like the Packers, you feel like a lot has to change for them to really start clicking. And you can't say that about, like, the Cowboys. They get Dak back. You could see a scenario where it all clicks. You feel like the Bucks are a little further off. The vibes are bad, but, I mean, it's Brady. I've learned not to really doubt him. They should get a win this week over the Panthers. It's going to be interesting when they get the Ravens at home next week and then the the Rams right after that. they got three straight home games coming up. The Panthers, or excuse me, the Ravens, the Rams, and then the Seahawks. Um, How they come out of this four-game stretch will most likely determine the rest of their season. But... I, I'm with you. I feel that they have the most talent in the division, which would put them in the postseason, considering that the rest of the division is rather poor. But I, I'm reserving judgment on whether or not they're a contender at this point. And then there's the NFC West. Can't figure it out. The Rams, the defending champions, 3-3. Three and three. Seattle, 3-3. Three and three. The Cardinals, this was supposed to be their time. They were supposed to be contending with everybody else. They're sitting at 2-4, and four, and the Cardinals... Just a bad, they got beat by the Chiefs. Okay, you know, give it. Give, the, the Chiefs are a hell of a team. 
they beat the Raiders. Good win. Then they lost to the Rams, and the Rams, we all know, are foundering. But then they beat the Panthers. That was a 26-16 win. They win by 10 over a bad Panthers team. Then they've lost in back-to-back weeks to the Eagles. Now, they played the Eagles tough at home, 20-17. to The Eagles hung on to win that game. And then they beat a, uh, a bad Seattle team, 19-9. to Now they've got the Saints, the Vikings, and the Seahawks again before they face the Rams, 49ers, and such. I don't know what to make of the Arizona Cardinals. I just, I Kyler Murray does not impress me. He got the money. He bitched, moaned, and whined. They finally paid him. I don't, I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. But San Francisco and the Rams seem to be the cream of the crop over there in the West. But I can't imagine both of those teams are going to be wild card teams. Either of the, I, I, I just, I. I think maybe one team could come out of the wild card there in the West, but I don't think both, only for the fact that I think the NFC East is going to have two wild card teams. Any distinction? Contend- Who's the contender right now over in the NFC West, Ben? It's San, San Francisco? Francisco. And quarterback so play so isn't great, but once their defense gets healthy, it's the best unit in that division, and they can mm-hmm. do enough on offense. For what Brad was talking about with the Rams, like they just can't move forward consistently, right. and the defense is struggling, and the Cardinals stink. Like they're just bad. Cliff Kingsbury's yeah. always been over his head. Kyler Murray, it's not working with him. I would even go up to the GM as well. Like they had a terrible off season. So it has to be the Niners. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams and Cardinals miss the playoffs. There you have it. Let's do this. We'll step away, get your opinion on this when we come back. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the Social House, H-A-U-S. Dan wants me to remind you, look, everybody's going crazy over this uh, cheese curd burger thing at Culver's. They have been the home of the cheese curd burger for a long time. Social House, you want to get the cheese curd burger? That's the place to go. It's it's not one big curd either. It's a bunch of cheese curds, and their cheese curds are really good, by the way. They put them on the bun. They put the burger underneath. They're good to go. And, oh, my goodness, the sauce that they put them in is absolutely fantastic. The home of the cheese curd burger and the social house on Lisbon Road, Menominee Falls, on Sunday mornings. You get up. You want to check out your Packers. All you got to do is go over there. Maybe, maybe it's a Bloody Mary. Maybe it's something else mixed in the morning, a cocktail of some kind. Free pancakes. Huh, free pancakes. There is nothing better in this world than free pancakes. That's the social house on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. continue on this portion of the program brought to you by our good buddy joe hennis and the gang out there at smoke on the water and uh, our friends over there at sloppy joe's in hubertus uh, joe and his wife ellen great people but uh you got your good old-fashioned wisconsin bar slash restaurant in hubertus it is just the epitome of that it just i love going there just old school and then you've got smoke on the water with a big smoker out front, uh, an updated uh, with uh, Chef Jerry Garcia over there with an updated menu right on the waterfront right out there. Really, really good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So 
Good stuff from our friends Joe and Ellen Hennis, whether it's either either location, it's uh, Sloppy Joe's or Smoke in the Water. Can't go wrong at either. Both of them, great places. Um, this, one's from, uh, this one's from Jack. Jack says, uh, I don't believe in the Green Bay Packers. I know everybody picked them to be in or be near a Super Bowl this year, but no way is it going to happen. There's no way to fix this mess. Even if they picked up OBJ, do you think things really get better? Teams have figured out that you can get to Aaron Rodgers through the offensive line, and they're not that smart, according to Aaron Rodgers, needing to simplify things. Uh, they lost Stenovich. Um, they lost Stenovich, and he had to move up to become the offensive coordinator. Things just aren't the same. Uh, I blame this on Matt LaFleur and his inability to adapt. It clearly is in-game adjustments. Um, appreciate the uh, appreciate the email. I I don't necessarily say clearly but certainly you're right in the sense that the first half scoring versus the second half scoring is dramatically different 100 percent agree there dramatically different um 877-867-1670 if you want to hit us up do so um but yeah it's it's uh It's very much off, and teams have played them really well in the second half of ball games, and they just have not had an answer, a consistent answer for it, for that matter. Um, so I, I would agree with you. Who's this one from? This is from Oh Devil Dave. Devil Dave says, in no way the Green Bay Packers are going to be playoff bound. This is going to be a rebuild year, and it's going to be a slap in the face to the Packers and their fans for believing in this team and believing in Aaron Rodgers that he could just make chicken salad out of chicken stuff. Uh, They way overestimated the talent and put it all on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers. What I blame is the front office for thinking you can just go ahead and throw out crappy talent and expect Rodgers to make something out of it. I don't know if I'd go that far, but yeah, you. For years, this franchise has said, "All we got to do is play adequate and leave the rest up to Aaron Rodgers, and he'll win games." That's it. That's the way this this team is operated. You know, so I agree with that. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't dispute that at all. By the way, uh, Ian Rappaport announcing the NFL and Amazon announced that in 2023, Prime Video will exclusively stream a Black Friday game. Uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, the first NFL Black Friday event will take place on November 24th next year, 2023, with an expected kickoff time at 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Central. Teams are to be determined. That's kind of nice, Ben. The day after Thanksgiving. Ugh. Bill, this Are we inf- working the day after Thanksgiving, by the way? Are I have no idea. We- I can I figure no that out. Okay. Bill, this news infuriates me. Why is that? Black Friday is meant for sitting on your couch and watching Iowa lose to Nebraska 21-18 to because they throw a pick six in the last five minutes of the game. Like, I love the NFL to death, but I like there are certain times of year where college football and its stupidity needs to just be on its own. Black Friday is one of those days. So that's being robbed from me. Yeah, Black Friday used to be the head to the mall day. And now Black Friday is the sit at home and click day. 
and wait for Amazon to begin to deliver all your packages that you are buying for people for Christmas. So I get it. Um, the day after Thanksgiving just feels like it should be an off day, doesn't it? For the you NFL. Should, that, that's yeah. like the beginning of the bowl season. You should just be, you know, it just should be a bowl, a bad bowl game. I agree with you. And just a day to to really kind of get past the trip to fan. That's the day. You know, you, you went to sleep early. You're you're just, you're bloated. You're feeling bad. All you want to do is get up and about midday, poop out some pie. That's it. And then you've got to go, oh, I made a little room. I, I'll go. And then you got that turkey sandwich. You got the, uh, the gravy over the turkey. You heat it all up. Maybe eat that the next day. You watch the second half of that bad bowl game. Maybe because you're just sick of your relatives, you're going to go out Friday night, put your drink on. Something like that. That that's what that Friday's for. I, I agree with you. I don't know necessarily that I'm geeked up for a Black Friday NFL game. Not there yet. But the NFL and its infinite wisdom will decide to do it. And they're gonna put it on Amazon Prime, which means a lot of you don't have to worry about it anyway. <laughs> there you go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Find us if you choose to do so. Like it. Like it a lot. Uh, what else is there here? This is from uh, this is from Jennifer who says, I, all the people wanting to blame Aaron Rodgers for all this mess should be pointing the sights at Matt LaFleur. The play calling has stunk. Why is he always in shotgun? Is that Matt LaFleur or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has been getting the hell beat out of him. They need to put him in shotgun so the pass rush can get off of him and he can scan the field a little bit quicker. I put more of this on the coaching staff and the general manager than I do on Aaron Rodgers. That's from Jennifer. Jennifer, appreciate the email. That's kind of what we were talking about. I don't like, look, uh, I'll say this. I'm not a fan at all of of the shotgun consistently. I think there's a time and a place for it. I think you get more under center than you do not being under center. So... I'm I, I'm thinking more so that I, I would like to see this team call plays differently. We had talked about that earlier, about 191 plays uh, in shotgun and only 35 under center so far this season, the success rate being higher on the plays that are under center. I would like to see them abandon the shotgun a little bit more often, not to say totally because you can't, and they're going to run shotgun more often than not, but just not nearly as much, and they tend to forget about the run game when they do. So I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Um, John says the Packers need to use next year's draft pick right now to get a veteran wide receiver or they are done. They are done. All right, one more segment yet to go. The Bill Michael Show will continue. Stay tuned. Have a lot more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. Usually the Packers have Mondays off, but after losing to the Jets 27-10 here at Lambeau Field, the players were in for meetings. The loss snapped a 15-game winning streak at home under Matt LaFleur, who says his biggest concern right now is on the offensive line. No matter what we do schematically, if we don't block better, it's hard to do anything. And 
I think that was the number one issue. Packers left guard John Runyon Jr. revealed to reporters the offensive line has been struggling against some defensive line stunts, but had yet to fix the problem this season. Runyon said the Jets took advantage of that on Sunday. We've been struggling with stunts uh, throughout the season so far, and uh, when you get in that third down situation, uh, they, they know how to work the stunts. They really game plan that, and at times we you know we were getting picked off here and there. I don't think we were, we were using our proper techniques. I don't know. I, th- I think we just overall, you know, me myself included, we just got to be better with our hands, better with our feet, our weight distribution, and you know they're catching us and uh, didn't turn out too well. Runyon was fined five thousand dollars by the NFL for leg whipping a player in the Giants game in London. The fine came in a letter sent from his dad, John Runyon Sr., now a vice president in the league office. So at three and three, the Packers travel to Washington this weekend to play the Commanders. Matt Lafleur on what he told the team Monday. We didn't move the ball very effectively. We didn't run it very well. Aaron took way too many hits. I think he got hit eight times, sacked four times. We had too many drop balls, had some costly penalties. You know, we, we finally break a long run and we get called for a hold. So there's a lot of things that we have to do better collectively. It's not just one person. It's not just one position group. It's everybody. That's Matt LaFleur. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Final segment before we get out of here. Now, I went to Pro Football Focus, and they say the Packers' game plan has been sound against too high safety and similar to the blueprint laid out in their uh, beatdown of the Rams, too high defenses back in the playoffs of 2020. Take short, quick completions, run after the catch, potential to keep the offenses on schedule, then go for the kill shot once the defense adjusts. Rodgers, though, 5.3-yard average depth of target when faced with two high defenses this season is indicative of that. The only problem with that strategy is that the offense has to execute damn near perfectly to sustain drives. No drops, no sacks, no mental mistakes, and your only chance at a big play at this point is with broken tackles. And that's not happening. As things stand, the Packers rank 26th, 26th in completions, targeted 15 yards or more downfield. 26. They have 13 such completions on 37 attempts. That's fewer than the likes of the Dallas Cowboys and the Bears. And that's with one of the best downfield passers of all time at the helm who is still grading pretty well. He's grading out at 83.9 on such throws. He still ranks eighth eighth among starters in the NFL, while his uh, you know 12 big-time throws rank second. The results just haven't been there because the receivers aren't holding up their end of the bargain. Of those 37 attempts, only five have been to receivers that have been charted as open. That is dead last among receivers in the NFL. How about that? In other words, Rodgers is still putting it where they're supposed to be. These guys just aren't getting open. They are dead last at getting guys open downfield for what they call the kill shot, anything 15 yards or more downfield. How about that? And it says, uh, unless rookies Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs all of a sudden flip a switch, it's going to be difficult to see things changing for Green Bay. 
for the first time in decades, the Packers are in unfamiliar territory of needing to win games with their defense now. And now we're seeing how that's going to play out. But of the 37 attempts downfield by Aaron Rodgers, only five have been to receivers that are actually considered, quote, open. And that's dead last among all receiving cores in the National Football League. That's the reason when you sit here and you go, okay, you got to get somebody, right? You got to get somebody back. You have to. They don't have any way to take a lid off. When you're playing man on the outside and these guys, there is no threat. You can, And again, it goes back to when they run the offense the way it's supposed to be run and they have motion and they have movement and they throw the ball, they dink and dunk their way, they can score. That's why Aaron Rodgers said is winning it's, it's sustainable. Sure it is. They can still win this way, but in the postseason, that sustainability is not there. When you need kill shots against really good defense, you don't have it. You don't have it. This was what I was saying from the time that Devontae Adams went over to the to the Raiders. You don't have the ability to break away downfield. You just don't. When you need it the most, it's not. you don't have that weapon in your quiver. So what do you do? That's that's where they're going to falter. And this this whole thing about well maybe here this this is the only thing the saving grace. This is where I'm going to where I'm going to put if you're going to put money this is where you put your money. Although I would only bet a penny. What you have to hope for is that Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson both come back and play well. Did you hear me? Yeah, I'm sure you're probably driving off the road at this point going, what? 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 That's just it. You can block well. You can get him more time, maybe get off script, things that Aaron Rodgers does extremely well. But what you have to hope for is that Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson with his speed both come back and play well. That's it. And the guy that wrote that piece, Mike Renner, over on Pro Football Focus, He's going to come and join us tomorrow. We're going to talk more about this then. Also tomorrow, obviously, the Packers are going to be back in the practice field. We'll hear we'll hear more from the, the Green Bay Packers. Mark Schofield is going to be here. Mike Renner, like I said, is going to be here. We've got a lot going on tomorrow. But that's just perspective-wise, you can win dinking and dunking. You can't win in the postseason dinking and dunking. You can't do it. You're going to have to get a whole lot better. A whole lot better. So that's it. That's uh, kind of where we'll leave things, and then we'll pick up where we left off beginning tomorrow as well. So good stuff today. And thanks to everybody for watching and listening over on the Bud Light live stream. Uh, always appreciate it. And uh, to those that uh, emailed and such, I didn't get to every email today, and there was a bunch of them. There was a bunch of them. Um, by the way, Nathan, or Nick says, uh, glad to have you back in Green Bay. Um he talks about Stenovich as a coordinator and such. I'll get back into that tomorrow, Nicholas. I appreciated it. Appreciate the the uh, the email. Got a lot of sports odds and ends and such as well. So get into all of that. Good stuff today. Really good stuff today. I like it. It's crappy outside, but it's hot inside. I'll tell you that. Liking it. Like it a lot. By the way, if you want to do a comparison to last year, I'm going to make you feel miserable at this point just to leave you. Last year, on the 16th, 17th, and 18th of October, it was in the 70s. (laughs) Oh, jeez. 
sucks. All right, we'll talk about more of this tomorrow. Until then, have a going. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.